Hello and welcome to Coach Mark in Manila here from the Philippines. I am Coach Mark in Manila and this is my podcast, I believe, last time I checked. Um, I am from ESLBusinessEnglishExperts.com and initial-impact.com. I hope you're well, wherever this finds you. As many of my lovely listeners will already know, then you know I'm here to provide your wealth of expertise from my 25 plus years in business and also coaching. So I work with people who are non-native speakers and native speakers of English as a second or first language, and I help you improve your presentation, your pronunciation, your confidence, and your ability to use your words in an impactful way. I use neurolinguistic programming, which is an acronym NLP, and I also use quantum attraction theory, which is using, yeah, quantum physics um, into the whole process. And if you're intrigued to know more about that, you should grab yourself a 30-minute free session with me on Zoom. The links are down below. So today I'm going to be discussing, in line with our constant theme here for November, of bringing awareness of abusive situations to light. And November is domestic abuse and intimate partner abuse awareness. But of course, this does extend beyond the home. Um, it's not just in relationships with your intimate partners, but also with your business colleagues, your suppliers, and even your customers. Now, many, many of my students and clients, you also work in customer-facing roles, and we've all been there at some point in time, myself included, where we've had to deal with what I would say could be an abusive customer or just customers who complain, who are angry. Now, it's really important that we talk about what is the difference because um, an abusive customer we need to be sure about what that looks like, okay? And if you're working in a contact or call center, um, this can be challenging because, of course, you're not seeing the whole picture unless you're doing video calls. Um, then it's just the phone and you can't see the customer's face, you can't see body language as well. So it becomes really important that your listening skills are on point. That's a nice idiom. Remember, everybody, make this an active learning session. Take notes of my vocab and try and then summarize after this podcast what you've heard and use my own words. Also, please use them in your day-to-day -day communications. When you hear a nice new word or vocab phrase, start to use it. Okay, so this week, next week, whenever you can, start to use the new phrases you're picking up from me with your writing, with your communications with your customers or colleagues, and you will see them gradually turn up automatically in your everyday speech. Many times students come to me complaining they don't have enough vocab. That isn't the problem. The problem is you have plenty of vocab, you're just not using it. Because when you learn it, you're just writing lists in books or on your tablet, but then not doing anything with it. And you're still going to be coming out with the basic stuff you learned way back when you first started learning English. Because we are creatures of habit. So my job as an NLP coach is to help you break that habit and create new neural pathways in your brain. And one of the ways we do that is by having you actively put into practice what you're hearing today and force yourself to use it. So every time, for example, if you realize you use the word I think a lot, well, there's many other ways you can say I think. You say I believe, I know, I feel, I'm sure from my point of view. So you pick whichever one you want from that. And this week, every time you want to go I think, stop yourself, go uh-uh. That's banned. I can't say that for a whole month. I'm going to say I believe instead. I feel. Okay? I'm sure. From my point of view. Try it. Okay? You will start to notice when you consciously focus on what you're doing and become, I mean, aware of your language, not just on autopilot, then you can slip in these new words or the other words you already know and change how you sound. And it will give you an expansive dialogue. Trust me, it works. 28 days. Do it for me. You will see the results. If you don't do it, 
you're going to be stuck. All right. If you want more tips like that, or you want to practice with me, 30 minutes free of charge, get down to the link below and book it today. So we should, we should absolutely understand when our customers are angry and when they're abusive. There is a difference. Okay. Now, if you are experienced in dealing either on the phone or in person with a frustrated or angry customer, you know it's really important to give them time to let them vent at the company's processes and operations. And when I used to work with HSBC, we did a lot of coaching there. It's important we call it clearing the tube, okay? Think of the communication of yourself and your angry person, whoever you're working with, as a tube that you're connected by, okay? Now, both of you clearly have one end of the tube. And if you were trying to send what you wanted to say back down the tube at the same time as the customer's sending their stuff down the tube, you're going to block the tube and it's going to explode, right? Okay. So think of it like rolling a marble or a little pebble or a ball, whatever you want to, through this tube. Okay. Now, if your customer's really angry, they're rolling lots of little balls and pebbles at you, right? Okay. This is not the time for you to try and send your balls and pebbles back because they're going to block the tube. You're going to have a stalled call or even worse situation, it would explode. Okay, your customer just go nuts, right? And you're not going to have a great day at work either. So here's the thing. Let them roll their pebbles. Now, that doesn't mean accepting their abuse. If they start to make this personal, swear at you, threaten you, that is abusive. And this is what's really important to understand, okay? But if somebody is just saying, I can't believe your company's done this. It's crazy. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. This isn't personal. And at that point, give the customer a chance to vent. Okay, venting is like to let off steam, we say. Okay, they're letting off steam. They're blowing off hot air. Right? You might say they're spitting their dummy. Listen to these expressions. Now, please, please, look, I just need to be clear here because, you know, this is important. Natively speaking, if you say someone is spitting their dummy, okay, it's fine to say that to maybe a manager or something, say, look, the customer just spat their dummy. Okay, but you should never say that to your customer. I need to be really clear about this because if you say, look, I understand you're angry and you're spitting your dummy, that is like insulting to them, okay? Because spitting your dummy is something you say when somebody you feel is being excessively, excessively kind of throwing a tantrum, okay? And it's like, it's too much, all right? So please do not use these words with your customers. Spitting their dummy or venting out or blowing off steam, all right? These are the sorts of words you can use with your bosses if you have to discuss the call or maybe write a report about it or maybe even coach other people in your company, okay, <clears throat> as to how to handle it. Let the customer blast steam, all right? But don't ever use them directly with your customer. Really important people, all right? I will not accept responsibility for anybody who misuses what I'm saying here, okay, in the wrong way. Always use your own common sense with what I'm saying here, all right? Now, if the anger is directed at you, if it's personal, the situation becomes more difficult and you shouldn't be expected to tolerate this. Okay. And um, when I used to work coaching um, in, in call centers and um, also doing corporate coaching, then an angry customer should never be mistaken for an abusive customer. And clear guidelines should be given to you about how you make this distinction. Okay. Um, it's important that your business makes it clear what is acceptable. Okay what an angry customer to say and what abusive customers look like and how to train you to deal with both. If your company doesn't do that or if you are a company expected to do that and want help, I can help. I do corporate coaching as well. So please get in touch with me on eslbusinessexperts.com. In fact, there is a tab there for corporate coaching, but you can just drop me a message or message me on Telegram and I'll be happy to discuss what we can do for your team. Now, it's all about how the customer abuse is directed. 
an angry customer who says something like, I'm getting frustrated, this always keeps happening. As I said earlier, it's quite different from somebody calling you names and making it personal. The key difference here is how the language is used, how the swearing, for example, is directed. So if it's aimed at the company, it can still be considered angry, but leveled at you, it is abusive. So there is a bit of a difference, right? So look, if a, if a customer were to say, and I, I'm just going to bleep where the swear word is, okay, because I, I, you know, we've probably got young listeners on here and I really don't want to do this. So if a customer were to say, it is bleep, you know, it is bleep not good enough, okay, then this can be considered to be angry, okay? But if they would say, you're bleep not listening to me, okay, that would be abusive. So there is a big difference between the two, okay? Um, clear guidelines need to be in place, as I say, to help you distinguish between what's angry and abusive, okay? So, for example, and the policy that I created recently was something along the lines of this, that all employees here have the right to fair and respectful treatment. They should not be subjected to any abusive behavior that includes you know, threats of physical harm or violence, inappropriate religious or cultural or racial insults, slurs, remarks related to their gender identity, homophobia, sexist or other derogatory remarks or inciting violence. Um, once it's been clear for you what an abusive customer looks like, then it's really easy for you to know how to handle those calls, all right? And it's important that your managers and all the rest of the team also share that same definition because you've got to be able to decide amongst you all how you're going to agree with this universally. So it's important that you have this dealt with in induction training. So if you're a manager or team leader and you're not already doing this, I would highly recommend and encourage you to do that, please, to protect your staff and also get a better result for your company. So it should be very clear to you all in sessions what's happening, what is appropriate, what is not. Ensure your advisors or colleagues fully understand the definition of an abusive customer set out by management and then that way it can all be fine. Also, and it's helpful in these sessions to listen to recordings and calls that you would consider angry or abusive. Again, we do this in my corporate training. We can go through all of that and really give you the tools and the techniques you, you need to identify what's abusive, what's not, and how to tackle it as well, and give you policies, actual written policies. So if your company needs that, then I'm here to help you with that. Um, now, we often use a three-strike rule. So it's common, common practice okay, to warn a customer of their behavior twice. So if you're faced with this situation and you're dealing with a customer having to use your English maybe as a second language, the three strike rule is going to be really helpful to you. All right. So you can warn the customer of their behavior twice and say, look, OK, I understand that you're upset. So appreciate, validate the customer. As I said earlier, that tube, you need to receive all of what they're saying there. OK, but if they start to get abusive towards you, OK, then and they say, you know, you're, you're bleeping this and bleeping that and you're not bleeping listening to me. OK. You need to warn the customer, say, okay, Mr. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, I understand you're upset. However, abusive comments towards me directly will not be tolerated. If you continue that, I will have to end the call. If you do it again, you say, as I just said, Mr. So-and-so, I will need to end this call. If you do that another time, this call will be terminated. Now, I would like to help you. Let's try to look at the situation and understand how I can best resolve this situation for you. Now, usually, Two warnings should be enough, 
okay it's just a simple request to ask the customer to stop being abusive okay so that you can work with them always remember to say you want to work with them together to find a solution okay so um, an example of this would be okay look let's stop talk calling each other names and work together mrs so and so to find a solution i don't want to have to put the call down on you okay or i don't want to have to hang up the phone on you now as we said hopefully it should help settle it down in some cases, though, the abuse may keep coming. So at that point, it's clearly time for you to hang up the phone because you've already warned them twice. Now, you know, really, when we put it, never just terminate the call, okay? So don't just then hang up. You just basically, if they're still persisting after the second warning, you should advise the caller why they're now terminating the call while giving the name of your manager, your line manager, to the customer, okay? And saying that if they have a problem wish to complain about this being terminated they can contact your line manager here is their name and then the advisor yourself here should make a note of the call details and then your line manager can listen back to that call recording if you're in a call center this should happen if you're working for a small company it's harder you probably don't recall calls but at the end of the day you should do these steps all the same this can protect you from any accusations of impatience from your customer who, let's face it, is likely to go back even more frustrated, probably. Um, and the advisor, you know, yourself can give proof to management as to why you had to deal with it in that particular way. Um, also, passing the call details through to your line manager is a really good idea, okay, because then they can oversee the follow-up call, which is the next step in handling a call from an abusive customer. All right, okay. Now, if you are that manager, or specialist um, or you want to know what happens to the next step here if you're not basically after you terminate the call or your colleague or employees terminate the call and your detail the details being passed through okay um, it really is important that you should be given time if you're the person receiving the call should be given time just to leave your desk okay because um, if it's had an impact on your emotional state it's really important um, for you to take 10 or 15 minutes away, just take yourself away from the pressure of that, that call, okay? Listen to perhaps something that's going to help you, maybe, you know, some music or go outside for walking or whatever it is, deep breathing. Whatever it is you need, go grab a coffee, <clears throat> um, stand outside, look at the, the fresh air and the sun to just regulate yourself. And when you do, while you're doing that, your manager should be listening to that call and listening to the abuse for themselves to ensure that you follow the correct protocol. It will also help assure management that the call was definitely abusive and you didn't just report it to gain a 10, 15 minute break, all right? So it works in, in all sessions, okay, in all ways, should we say. Um, also, it helps your manager, or if you are the manager, prepare for the next stage of dealing with this customer. That's gonna be that follow-up call. Now, let's talk about this. So <clears throat> ignoring the incident with a customer can be really unfair to the advisor who was subjected abuse it's really important if you're the manager or team leader that you take responsibility here okay but also at the same time refusing to do business with customers um, is really going to be a damaging thing for your brand reputation okay so it's important that once the call has reached the point where you you have to hang up that another more senior person with really good objection handling skills should contact the customer back now this probably should be later that day or the following day. We need to allow a little bit of time for the customer to calm down. So if you're responsible for these calls, that's what I would highly recommend, okay? Um, when, we, when we look at this, okay, it's important that 
you take accountability responsibility, all right? And your contact center manager, if you work with them or if you are that, should really call the customers back. And just reaffirm, if you're in the UK, for example, we have the Equality Act, okay? So in that call, just gently reaffirm that and say what is considered acceptable or not. So if you have certain laws and regulations in your country, you can use those too. In the UK, I'm talking about, because that's my experience in UK call centers, is to talk about why that call was terminated because it is abusive and we have the Equality Act and this is what we follow. Right, okay. Doing it the following day allows some of this anger to settle a little bit. Okay. And it also gives you a chance for your customer to possibly apologize and repair some damage to the relationship with the customer. Right. Um, many times the abuse often is misdirected um, from troubles unrelated even to the contact center. Okay, it could be that your your customers had a very bad day with something else. Maybe they're having some challenges themselves. Maybe that they, they even might have some physical or mental health issues. We don't know what's going on for that customer. So it's important that we try to manage this. Okay. Um, now, when we think about it, um, a follow up call for you know somebody who does that. Um, and it was out of character for that particular customer. It's good to reestablish a relationship with a customer who feels a little bit estranged after you've had that hang up on them, right? Okay. Um, if the customer's not included in the conversation, right, and you don't follow back up, then this can lead to customer loss, really. Reputation loss, potential money loss. And until that customer is included in the conversation about abusive behavior, everyone will continue to lose because that customer is just going to go do it with somebody else. So you can be part of a difference too. We're talking uh, all of this month about how to stop abuse, how to limit it. This is your chance also to play a part in that. Following up with an unreasonable customer, again, is also insight into any outside influences driving behaviors, okay? Um, and this is helpful, really, really helpful because then you can put together these bits of information, log it in your customer relationship management system and help future advisors to show empathy with that customer future interaction. So if there is a mental health challenge or something or physical challenge, include that information there because remember, you've got to be careful of data protection here. But as long as you've got the consent from the customer to include it, you have to ask that. Remember, you can't just start putting notes on there about something that a customer may not want to be shared widely, but get their consent and say, look, would it be okay if I, I put a note on here that you're suffering from PTSD so that when you contact us in future, my colleagues, you don't have to keep re-explaining that to them and that sometimes you might get triggered and a little bit upset by some of the things we say um, inadvertently, then that really, really does help show the customer you care about them, but it also helps the rest of the team too. But you've got to make sure that you've got the customer's consent to do that. You can't just do that with no good reason. Um, if you get a customer who's repeatedly doing this, okay, they will do this. You do get them. They find it repeatedly. They complain. They continue to abuse the team. Okay. It's really helpful to have a policy to deal with that. Okay. So an abusive customer policy probably looks something like this. Often we put into place where our corporate clients write, you receive a call back from the contact center manager the following day. Okay, for the first time. They do it a second time, route the call to a specialized advisor. Okay, third time they do it, you say, right, customer can only communicate with you by email. You will not take calls anymore from that customer. Fourth time, then you ask them to refrain from being a customer and hand the matter over to the legal team if need be, if they continue to harass. Okay, 
So it's really important that you do have steps in place for these types of people because there are really pathological people out, unfortunately, and it's narcissistic kind of abusive people who will just keep going and going and going. And it has to be stopped. It's not acceptable behavior. Um, you know, when you've been warned three times, I'm sorry, you have an issue, right? You really do, and you need to go and get that looked at yourself. Um, so these are sorts of the, the strategies that you can follow. Um, as I said to you, dropping the customer should be the last strategy on your list because that's really losing business. And to be honest with you, you don't want to have that customer go out there and really complain all online and what have you. Um, routing it to a specialized advisor for a second time attention can help. Um, and when you think about it, that advisor should have training to deal with abusive customers and also handling very upsetting calls. Okay, there's a stress management point of view here. Okay. And really, um, we often get calls like this, we get prank callers and all sorts, right? So it's important to have somebody in your team or your department who can handle these types of calls. If they continue, then you request future communication handled by email. Okay, if you can't settle that customer down and you can say that, you know, it's best, you can follow up with them and say, in order to assume, you know, ensure the best possible service, we'd prefer to keep communication by email in future. Um, then, of course, they might continue to send abusive emails instead, all right? But it's less abusive to have to hear it in this way um, as opposed to receiving a personally abusive phone call, okay? So that's that's another step you can introduce. As we said, finally, you might need to drop the customer, all right? So um, after that has been rooted, you've tried to do all alternative methods of communication, you've got no option really than to drop the customer. And, you know, is it worth keeping them as a customer? I mean, they're never going to be happy. They're constantly complaining. They're escalating quiz for managers, no matter what you do or say. And you just have to get, I think, a bit ruthless at times. And better to nip it in the bud, as we would say. Nice expression, idiom there. Don't allow this customer to drain your resources and, you know, potentially affect the mental health of your staff. Okay, it's got to be stopped. Um, if they continue, you basically, you know, as I say, you should invite them to refrain from being a customer again and turn it, turn it over to the legal department if they wish to continue. Um, if the customer is using in the UK racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic language which contravenes the Equality Act, okay, and in this case, legal action can be taken, okay, um, and in these cases, it's good practice to talk to um, the person who's received this abuse and ask them if they would like to take legal action because they have a right to do so in the UK. If you are a call centre rep in the UK and you've had to deal with this, uh, then do bear that in mind. You can take legal action if you've had a seriously abusive phone call, whether it's your first one from that customer or the fourth one, okay? Um, that is possible if they have contravened the Equality Act. They have to be really, really careful about that, okay? Um, handling abusive customers on email and live chat, a very quick note about this. Um, the policies here I've mentioned can be a good method, okay? Can also help you via email and live chat too. Um, Sometimes I had um, a situation not long ago where a, a client had an abusive situation, okay, and they were receiving abusive emails, okay, and even though the team were doing their best to help the customer, I mean, the, these emails were pretty bad saying that everybody should be fired, you know, they were terrible at their jobs, swearing. Um, and they attempted to call the customer um, to diffuse the conversation, but they refused to speak over a phone call, okay? So in this case, um, the customer wanted to stick to their, their email channel, okay, probably embarrassed by the behavior, to be honest with you. 
Um, and really the contact center there just had to set up like an auto filter, which could take screenshots of the abuse and archive it, okay? And um, really it is difficult, but you just have to go with it. There's not always a set answer for some of these abusive situations, but often um, we might find that we can overreact to. We have to be very careful about what's abusive and what's not. So if you think about it, sometimes, um, you know, when we think about it on written channels, it's hard to sense the tone than in a, in a, a voice call, right? So give a little bit more leeway on your written communications. Often um, people can use negative terms and swear, okay, in an email. Um, if they're surprised at a price or annoyed with the service, this triggers human responses, which could include, in, in, you know, include some swearing, some cursing words, in which case that word, as long as it's not directed at the individual, you know, advisor there or you, it's purely a reaction. And it's a case of just training, you know, your team or yourself to cope and understand the difference between that, all right? Um, but if somebody is directing it at you and saying you're an awful person and you're bleeping this and bleeping that and, and then using either homophobic words, racial slurs, you're stupid, you're this, that is getting abusive and we need to stop that, okay, and warn the customers. So I hope this has helped you. Ultimately, it's best to have a policy for handling abusive customers um, and have everybody in your company agree with it. Also make sure the interaction is passed on at that point to your line manager and followed up the next day once they have calmed down. If you've got any thoughts about this or you've suffered this, um, do let me know. Um, I'm always here to help train and coach you, whether you've been individual, or in fact, a team or a team leader, uh, corporate coaching and group coaching available too. So good luck with all of that. Use the words I've given you today. Try those strategies with your customers if they get a little bit abusive. Remember, abuse is not acceptable. Full stop, zero tolerance. And uh, all of this month, it is awareness month, but to be honest with you, awareness should be 12 months of the year. Stay safe, respect each other. I'll see you soon. Take care. Hello, everybody, and sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to mention a few things that can help you, all right? So I want to help as many of you as possible. You can get a free 30-minute check of your English level, your OET, IELTS, or any other things that you're trying to achieve here with me. If you're trying to pass your interviews, maybe you're attempting to get a job overseas. You would like to know how you're sounding and what a native speaker really would say about your responses in an interview or an IELTS or OET test, for example. And um, Check out that at eslbusinessenglishexperts.com. If you're looking more for career and immigration coaching and would like to discuss your plans, then you can hit me up over at initial-impact.com. But both of those sites, the links take you to the same end result, which is a booking page, 30 minutes free of charge to book your session, time and date you pick on Zoom. Also, if you're doing IELTS and OET and you would like help with your written or speaking tasks too, and you don't or can't have time to book a session with me in person on a live call, which again, I can do. You can get live one-to-one -one coaching on Zoom anytime you like. But if it's hard for you, then take advantage of my IELTS and OET written and spoken task service, which means that you buy credits, 10 credits, 10 tasks, and you can submit your spoken audio files to me for critique and review, and then I will respond within 36 hours with a full review of your transcript and to tell you where you sounded good, where it fell down, and the corrections, okay? And um, for your written IELTS and OET, again, you can select all the tasks on my booking site, which the links are all uh, all available. If you just go to eslbusinessenglishexperts.com, you can find all of these services there and follow the links. 
And what you'll be able to do is get a response from me within 36 hours with correction of your written task. And then you get a chance to do it again with the corrections I've suggested. And I will also expand and give some of the native phrases you might like to consider. So you're going to find out how to make yourself sound better, to hit the magical number um, that you need to get for word count, pass and get the higher grade, and also how to expand your sentences and create essays, because many students are struggling to know even how to, to create an academic layout of an essay. Um, you're going to fall down there too. When it comes to OET, it's slightly different, but the same process applies when we look at how you structure those referral letters and how you uh, write the client and the patient notes, okay? So it's very specific depending on whether it's OET or IELTS. Um, I do it all, me and my team, we are here to help you, okay? So don't hesitate to reach out. And of course, please, 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 if you'd like to purchase any books, then you can get that from the bookstore links. Again, you'll find those all on the site. So good luck, everybody, and hope to help you soon.